Um, but right now on the line, I am joined by the leader of the Labour Party, Andrew Little. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are we today, sir? Oh, very good, thanks. Yes. Standing in Auckland at the moment, opposite the building that has University of Otago. Uh, I was there just last week myself, actually, oh, were you? Oh. outside okay. that very building, and um, it, I love it. It's the same for when I go around Wellington and Christchurch. There's there's uh, a few buildings in each of the cities that say the University of Otago, and it, you know I'm based at the University of Otago, and I'm a Dunedin boy, born and bred. So um, you know, it's just it, a little bit. Re- it's reach has felt far and wide. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, it's a wonderful establishment, really. You know, it's uh, it's a uh, you know, it's, it's top. It's the top notch when it comes to New Zealand universities. Sorry, Auckland, but it's just the way it goes. Um, I'm a graduate of Victoria, but anyway, I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. Oh, I went to Canterbury myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're all great. They're all great in their own special way. Um, but anyway, um, things that aren't great, uh, Cadbury's, uh, of course, uh, Cadbury's announced last week that they were going to close in 2018 with the loss of 350 plus jobs, uh, and perhaps no more rolling of the Jaffers down Baldwin Street, which is a travesty, to be honest. Um, yeah. But it's just another blow to Dunedin's manufacturing sector, Fisher and Paykel, uh, freezing works, I'm an ex-freezing worker myself, um, trans, uh, trans rail. Um, you know, it's how do we stem the bleeding tide? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's really disappointing about Cadbury's. I think when I was down there and looked at it, I spoke to some of the workers there, it's pretty obvious that it's a plant. It's actually making money. It's just an owner that wants to make even more money, and it's mm-hmm. such a question of greed. But there is stuff which, you know, we've got to focus on what our strengths are. And it's, um, when I was down there uh, even a few more weeks ago, I was there to announce a uh, part of a policy of ours, our regional development policy, uh, putting some money into uh, industries and activities that we know are uh, sort of in the early stages going very well, mm-hmm. need a bit of a boost. So we know that um, uh, computer gaming and that, that uh, sort of digital industry is has a very strong core in Dunedin. So I made an announcement about supporting that, putting a bit, bit of public investment into some facilities that will give a spur to that industry there too. So it is now about finding what our strengths are uh, where we can you know, find opportunities to create jobs in the future. Mm-hmm. There is there is a future for manufacturing, I have to say, though, but um, uh, notwithstanding what's happening to Cadbury's, and again, it's going to be the technology-rich end of manufacturing and the skilled workforce that goes with that. So that's what what we're focused on very much in the latest study. But you see, that, that, that and therein lies the problem. Um, the jobs we are losing are low-skilled jobs, um, people that are leaving school uh, early, uh, people that aren't getting a tertiary education. Um, so where do they go from here? Um, you know, for, especially for these Cadbury's workers, because that, that, that is very much the case at Cadbury's. Yeah, I, I mean... I explained to the workers that uh, they were plant operators. They worked a uh, reasonable degree of, sort of complexity in terms of what they're doing as, uh, as manufacturing workers. Mm-hmm. The, the truth is manufacturing is going to get more technology-rich. Every job is going to get more technology-rich. So that's why uh, another policy of ours accepts that just having a good secondary school education is no longer going to be enough. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're promising a three-year free post-school education and training. And it's not just about everybody going off to university or doing a degree of policy. It's any form of training that's going to give you extra skills and make everybody adaptable to that more um, technologically oriented world of the uh, future world of work. So um, that is, you know, we, we are going to have to step up to that. Yeah. Uh, like the, the truth is, too, when, when people get an opportunity to get extra skills, step up, get more uh, get qualifications where that's possible, 
and operate at a more kind of complex level, people leap at the chance. But we're going to have to prepare ourselves for it and invest in it as well. Yeah, that's right. And that's certainly what we need to do in the future. But what about Barbara right now, who's 50, who's a line worker at Cadbury's, a packer or something like that? Where does she go from here? Um, you know, is she going to have upskilling available to her? Um, you know, is she going to be able to um, sit a course? Is she going to be able to afford to do that? So that's why I have to, and I know the union is representing those workers, who is working with the company at the moment. Um, they're trying to see if they can roll back the, the announcement to close. I'm not sure how they'll go on that. But if they can't, then the next best thing is they've got to say to the company, listen, you guys have got to invest in this workforce so that they do get extra skills, can go on training courses, and can have something else to offer the job market when they're, when they're in the job market looking for new work. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think Cadbury, I mean, that, as I say, that plant is it's not as if it's loss-making, it's actually making money. Yeah. So it's been done for reasons of greed, so if that's the case, Cadbury's can jolly well stump up a little more, invest in that workforce, and get them ready for their next stage, whatever next job they go to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a very loyal workforce there um, for the company, and they should really do that, like a little bit of a professional development uh, would go yeah, a very long yeah. way. Exactly, and I, I think the average length of service of that workforce is more than 10 years. Yes, that's right. Um, so this is a, this is a you know, long-standing loyal workforce. They deserve... Better from Cadbury's, and I think you know I'm sure they will get it um, with you know, negotiating with the company through the union. Yeah, and the reality is, there's nothing we can do about private companies leaving. It's it's their choice, right? There's nothing really the government can do. You can entice them to stay with tax. Uh, you know, the city council was giving them rates rebates for, uh, for many many years. Um, yeah, yeah. The reality is, there's nothing you can do. Um, you know, and really, there's no more government manufacturing, especially not in Dunedin since Transrail went, so um, yeah. I don't know where we really go with that, um, to be honest. Alright, let's move along to the Mount Albert um, win. Congratulations on that first off. Um, yeah, you know, right. It was, yeah, I can only imagine, and it was a, 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 it was a good race. It was a good race. It was a good, clean race. I liked that. <laughs> um, could, well, could, it, was, uh, it was a bit of a forerunner because uh, although the two leading candidates were Jacinda Ardern for us and, and Julian Genta for the Greens, um, and we, you know, we're two parties that do work closely together. We've got our memorandum of understanding mm-hmm. committed to changing the government. Um, but we are going, even in the general election, we're going to be competing with each other for the party vote. But I think Jacinda and Julianne demonstrated that you, you can be in competition, but you don't have to get ugly about it. And you can run a good, good clean competition, and um, and it was good. I think, I think you're right. It was a very healthy competition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was based on policy, which I think is very important. Um, you know, and they look like best friends. But the thing is, and the real thing is, it's 29% of uh, the electorate voted 25%, uh, 29% of those eligible um, you know and, and that's a problem that's a huge problem um, you know does Labour support um, changes in the way that we vote uh, internet based voting you know this is really popular with the youth um, you know we are having issues with youth voting now and really the youth vote is important for Labour yeah, we had, I mean, I was on the select committee a few years ago when they agreed to justice in the electoral committee, as it's called. Um, we reviewed one of the local body elections, and it was agreed that we would trial, uh, run a pilot of online voting in one of the local body elections. It was meant to happen last year. Yeah. And it was all set up, ready to go, and then about this time last year, the government said, oh, no, we're not going to do it anymore. And so they had a perfect opportunity last year. They, they were just going to pick two or three areas where they could trial online voting. And look, there's online voting in so many different areas, you know, so many big clubs and societies and associations and, you know, um, uh, other organisations 
use online voting for their internal votes and stuff. Even some companies with their they're getting uh, shareholders to have to vote. They can they do it online. So yeah. it's not as if we we haven't largely got across security issues. Um, but I think that is the way of the future. We do have to find a way to do that, and we're certainly committed to continuing to explore that and run pilots and, and get it online as soon as we can. Yeah. Well, anyone, if, if anyone like out there is like me and has to do tax returns and stuff like that, I'm part of the real. I've got a real me account, uh, like a right. lot of people do over uh, government organisations, and that's yeah. all you. I think that's all you really need. I mean, those yeah. things are supposed to be rock solid, secure. So why not use yeah. this system that's already there? Yeah, yeah, and look, we you know we all do our banking online now. We do all sorts of things that require high levels of security, and um, and and it largely works. So I just think uh, you've got to have a political will. I think this government's run out of it. I think we're very keen to try it, um, and we will if we're given the opportunity to do so. Okay, so you so if you won at the next election, you'd say the next election after that will probably have internet-based voting. I can't, yeah, certainly couldn't guarantee it for 2020. Um, let, let, let's see if we can aim for 2023. I think we do have to run some pilots, and, and the local government election is the best time and place to do that. Um, so let's see what we can get up, how quickly we can get it up. You know, the security and uh, identity security is the critical thing, um, but it's, I don't think it's beyond us in this day and age. So let, let's see where we can get to. Okay, just quickly, because I know we've already almost talked for 10 minutes, but just quickly, um, uh, a big win for Jacinda. Um, um, you know, and she's the future of the party, along with uh, a, f- a few other young MPs coming through. Um, but I would argue the future is, is now, and I know you've had a lot of people talking to you about Jacinda uh, and, and where she fits in the party and uh, the whole deputy leader call and, and whatnot. Uh, and Annette King has been a fantastic servant to New Zealand for many years. She's wonderful. I love uh, Annette yeah. King. Uh, but... but um, and I'm not necessarily saying that she should be, uh, Jacinda should be up in that role, but do you think um, come September she might be further up the list uh, from where she sits now, considering uh, her popularity amongst our younger voters, especially? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's no question that Jacinda's got a great future. She did an outstanding job in the by election, um, and she is. You know, she's very well received pretty much everywhere she goes. You know, I was at an event last night in Auckland um, hosted by the Indian community, and we had. Uh, apart from me speaking, we had Grant Robertson, we had Jacinda, we had Michael Wood, who's newly elected MP for uh, Mount Roskill. Mm-hmm. We had one of our candidates, Priyanka Radhakrishnan, who's standing among the geek here. A lineup of kind of fresh young Labour talent. And man, it was powerful. It was so good. And, it, and the people there in the audience um, loved it too. It was, it was good. So you can expect, you know, we've got, we've got a depth of talent. And a, and a freshness of talent that's coming through um, right now, and I, you know, I have every confidence that it's going to be a great lineup for September. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right, brilliant. Thank you so much, Andrew, for taking the time out to speak to me this morning. I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Look forward to it. Yeah. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye, mate. Andrew Little, there, leader of the Labour Party. Um, you know. It's good to hear a few of those policies. I hope I pushed them hard enough. Um, you know, there's really nothing we can do about private uh, companies um, moving wherever they decide to move to, um, but we can try to mitigate the damage that is caused. And it would be nice to see Cadbury stump up and do a little bit of professional development for those who are at the lowest skilled end of um, the jobs there. Um, mm.
who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but geez, you know, 350 less incomes equals at least a thousand less people spending money, um, you know, across across those incomes, which means um, less money in the corner dairy, less money at the supermarket that employs a lot of people, um, less money at the mechanics, less money everywhere else. Is it, you know, that's real trickle down economy uh, economics right there. That's that's the real trickle down e- economics, uh, not the uh, other way around. Uh, uh, and yeah, let's see. Uh, hopefully, uh, Jacinda is, is shot up further up the list, and uh, maybe the deputy. She's a, a wonderful, wonderful candidate, and um, yeah, well done on them for the Mount Albert. We were going to talk about cannabis too, but I think we ran out of time there. Um, so next week, uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, drug testing and medical marijuana. Here right now, though, is a brand new track from the Brian Jones Massacre, Fact Sixty Seven.